Good evening, and welcome to the Watch Along Guide for Progressively Horrified, episode number 72. This week, we're going to be talking about the short film, No Face Benny. It is written and directed by Sierra Boniface. Our hosts ranked this movie as spoopy, meaning it is not particularly scary. Some relevant trigger warnings for this movie include child abuse and alcohol abuse. After the music, we will talk about the movie in full, so expect spoilers. And while you're here, if you can, stop by our Patreon at progressivelyhorrified.patreon.com. You'll get extra episodes all episodes a week early, and most importantly, you'll get to help us keep the lights on here. We'd greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. We are talking about horror from Black women directors. We wanted to talk about uh, movies with Black women directors. Uh, unfortunately, we've talked about a few, and there aren't darn enough feature-length ones for us to fill the whole month. So we decided to pick up some uh, short films, which we don't usually talk about too many short films. This gave us a chance to explore some of that stuff. We're going to have a short film that we talk about every Monday in addition to our regular Friday shows. So on that note, I'm your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. Uh, she already jumped in and sold the podcast, so directly next to me is uh, my wife, Alicia Whitley. Hi there. And of course, with us, we have our uh, co-hosts. First, they're here to invade your house and find queer content in all of your favorite movies. My co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I think... Uh, short horror films should be officially called bite size. Very good. I'm into That's it. That's good. That's good. Gonna start and, the petition. <laughs> and we picked her up at the spooky crossroads of anime and sexy monster media. It's co-host and comics artist Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? Whew. I'm feeling the whole spectrum of horror here. Every every angle There's in these four films. Yes, yeah, good. Yes, and and uh, our friend, English and literature educator. And friend of the show, Emmanuel Lipscomb. Emmanuel, how are you? I'm super excited. I love spooky stuff and I have a short attention span. So this is sweet spot for me. <laughs> nice. And finally, our good friend, writer and activist, Jay Joseph Jr. Jay, how are you? I'm good. I, uh, I spent five years studying short films, escaped that world only to have Ben drag me back into the world of short films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Never let you go. Let's talk about No, no Face Benny. Benny. No face Benny. It sounds like Ghost Face Killer. You'd think it'd be a cooler movie. Yeah. So no, <laughs> well, it's no five face minutes. Benny. This is uh No Face Benny is easily the shortest of the group. It's five minutes. It's directed by Sierra Boniface. It is written by Sierra Boniface and Michaela Dapperman. Uh, is that Boniface or Boniface? I don't know. I'm gonna guess it's Love the first Fache. one. I think it's the first Bonafache. one. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't say it without doing the fingers, so I'm guessing it's yeah, yeah one. Bonafache. It, it stars it's Benjamin Abiola, Alex RV, and Kevin Locks. The IMDb on it says a young black man wants to reveal the truth about his traumatic childhood to a significant other. However, he must find a way by facing his inner demons to do so. Jay, I feel like you have we're gonna have something to say about this one. Yes, please. Uh, so taking this one off, um, I, you know, I, mm. 
Yeah, this, 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 one, this one, when I saw it, I'll be honest, I, I texted B and I asked, I said, no one on the podcast tonight is associated with short films, right? <laughs> and they, yeah, they're sure that yes. I, you know, I thought, I thought that the, uh, that the uh, lead actor who played Keon Alex uh, RV, I thought he was really good. He was really, he played it with a, he played, he, you know, he's plays a kid who's twisted up by this thing that I assume that he did when he was a child. Um, burning his um was it his father alive he allowed his, his father, father. Yeah. yes yeah he watched, who is implied yeah. to be abusive mm-hmm. yeah yeah who's implied to be abusive um you know he played the alex, alex played the role with a lot of intensity um and i think he did a, a great job of doing that without while making it believable i don't necessarily think the intensity was necessary but i more think that was a directing issue than um an acting issue as for the as for the um short itself i when i when i talk about you know when we talk about uh, uh hair wolf i guess the previous week um or whenever we talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> and i mentioned this is what a true short film feels like i feel like uh, no face benny is kind of the opposite of that. No Face Benny to me feels like it's a scene selected out of what's supposed to be a larger movie. Um, and that this is what you would take into, you know, a studio or to produce if you're pitching saying this is what, you know, my horror feature looks like. Because um I, you know, I I, I really just feel like it's a, a smaller, a small part of a much, much bigger story that they kind of want to tell and then there's, there's no real wrong way to do short films but there are more effective ways to do short films and i feel often i know we have a lot of uh, comic creators on the podcast and uh, uh, uh you know short film writers and i feel you can kind of tell when something is a backdoor pitch to a feature film rather than kind of honoring the medium that it's currently utilizing in this case uh being a short i'm sorry a backdoor pitch for a feature film Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than honoring the current medium, whether that be a comic book or a short story or a short film like this one. So that that that's where I would lead off of it. I'm... <laughs> Let me know what you guys think of this, but I got more of like a psychological thriller character drama than I did a horror movie. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. There's certainly nothing it scary in this like, movie. In some ways it feels like a promotion for like a TV series where a guy is, I sort of understand who the other figure is. Is that like a imaginary See, that was friend? Because at first I thought it was we were debating victim, this when we but then they it. focused on the father. So I'm just like, what is this? I think psychological thriller fits as like a, here is a coping mechanism he's come up with to sort of interpret this trauma or something like that. Yeah. But it's still just, it's so unclear. There's just yes, not exactly. enough there. Yeah. So if, if people haven't watched it, basically the idea of it is this guy is trying to like this guy's girlfriend wants him to open up to her about his past and he is having difficulty doing that because there is some sort of literal invisible f- person that only he can see whose face is you know wrapped up in in gauze uh or partially wrapped up in gauze who's uh telling him all the reasons that you know he he can't do this or that he's messed up and uh uh, presumably at the end he decides to tell her because he, he calls her back um, and we get a little bit of like flashback of him as a child you know being being yelled at by his father and then watching a fire as his father 
seems to drunkenly drop Grey Goose vodka and spill it all over his pile of newspapers and then accidentally drop his lit cigarette on that. Which did um, not appear to have been smoked at all. No, they definitely didn't drop a, an actual, like, this is not a fire that actually gets started on screen because they, yeah. they yeah. shot a cigarette yeah. fall and that cigarette is clearly not lighting anything on fire. Um, I think my biggest problem with this is that nothing is allowed to develop on it nothing is given space to develop on its own right um the girlfriend said we know that he doesn't talk to the girlfriend because she says i talk to you all the time but you never talk to me you know we know that he hasn't dealt with his issues because no face benny says miss because you haven't dealt with your issues like everything is it's all tell there is no show the one thing that's kind of unclear is who no face benny is um my my theory was because we see that this that the main character who i think his name is also ben has Ken. like burned kian okay yeah because i thought the dad was saying kid kid oh yeah kid and then i yeah. looked at the cast list and said kian but we do see that like he has burns on his body and like I like the, the conclusion I drew is that No Face Benny is also just him. It's just the version of him that's, you know, still burned, hasn't had some sort of reconstructive surgery on his face yet. Um, but even that, it's like, I mean, that's weird. It's not way clear what No Face Benny is, and therefore it's not No Face right. Benny Zens. And there isn't a real confrontation with No Face Benny that we then like, oh, character development achieved through connotation with what the horror threat symbolizes he's just screaming in a mirror for 30 seconds and then he calls his girlfriend if i I could if i can put forward a theory and i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but i i kind of sense that we're all feeling the same thing here because i kind of feel like it's all related um and this this is what i'm saying when it feels kind of like a, a teaser for something that you want to pitch but um we're kind of just dropped into a situation we're expected to catch up we're not given enough information to catch up i agree with everything everyone said about you know we don't know quite what the relationships are Uh, a lot of what we learn is through exposition rather than develop naturally i totally agree that there's not a real ending there where he just like screams in the mirror and decides to call his girlfriend back it feels to me that this is all stuff that has gone on not only kind of in the filmmaker's head off screen, but, you know, literally off page where, you know, you have maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes of film before this, and then you have like another uh, 60 minutes of film, you know, after this. Um, and that to me is absolutely what it feels like. And, 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 and you see it sometimes, you know, um, uh, I mentioned, I, you know, I mentioned that I studied film for uh, a short films for like, five years and then um, I teach short film and it's something that you run into occasionally where students kind of only have like this one idea for like a feature film and they'll keep creating that idea no matter what and they'll like extract it from a large large film and I'm not saying that's absolutely the case here but that's that's kind of the sense that I'm getting from it and that's and that's why I feel like we're kind of like so lost because the filmmaker has this grand idea of what's supposed to happen and we as the audience aren't being let in on it. I think that's a great uh, point. Well, yeah, because I mean, as as a teacher myself, you know, I teach comics and and um, one of the things, especially the young people that I that I work with that are usually teenagers or, or young adults, 
is that they have they have that grand idea in their head and they know all the context but they're so hardwired they've hardwired themselves to understand all the context that they have trouble expressing it because of course it's supposed you know of course that's supposed to mean this and this means that and you know this the situation exactly. has this exact context and for a, for a short film that does a lot of exposition and explaining there's very little context yeah um and uh i think that's just that's the bottom line for me at least but yeah that's a really that's a really profound response i think because you know that's that's a problem that a lot of storytellers that have like their baby myself included you know struggle with to to get that that darling out and also be able to communicate it to a complete audience of complete strangers yeah it's not perfect but it reminds me of afro samurai because it has that same pairing of if you're unfamiliar with afro samurai it's sam jackson anime about a samurai guy who has an afro but there's the two main characters afro and ninja ninja are played by sam jackson the main protagonist is a stoic quiet traumatized person and sam jackson plays his like alter ego imaginary friend ninja ninja but the reason that pairing works is because they are so different and you have the entire season to develop this oh this is a result of trauma this is a way you found to like express and cope this you know these emotions you don't have any of that with no face Benny. he's just an inexplicable figure so you're just kind of left to accept him for who he is without any explanation of why he exists and what he's doing and what he's telling you like at least in this other story um ninja ninja acts as this figure that tells him what he doesn't want to hear and it's like a catalyst toward like moving forward and stuff is afro samurai the one with the headbands yes okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that also works just because again part of the whole tone of that world is like it's like a little dreamlike like the fact that the details of the world are kind of fuzzy like works like it's all of the atmosphere this gives us like the rest is like this doesn't have that this is like this feels very stagey to me yeah yeah Yeah. the stakes of this is a guy trying to have an to reveal things to his girlfriend like it's a very human mundane thing so like it doesn't have the benefit of that dreamlike quality to kind of paper over the unknowns so yeah, you're just left confused and without enough context to have an emotional uh, investment in what's going on. Yeah, so yep. I, I think it's safe to say this one is not uh, not one that's highly recommended by the group of us. I mean, it's it is five minutes, so if you don't like it, you're not wasting a ton of time. But uh, it, it's not uh, as as Jay was saying, it, it's not like a story well told in the five minutes. I knew that there was something wrong when there was an Enter the Void poster on the back wall. <laughs> i didn't even notice that after that's you've an, seen enter the void he, that that image will haunt you that's an eagle eye detail yeah i was Only like oh no with the details i mean <sighs> all right so let's wrap for that one it's neither uh, spooky yeah. nor spooky no it's it's not, it's not spooky, spooky or spooky or not even particularly existentially disconcerting it's just existential so. It's just existence just yeah. disconcerting i think just yeah. uh <laughs> story about the importance of working through trauma by screaming 
by screaming at your <laughs> trauma by screaming yeah. by screaming at Scre- your demons scream therapy <laughs> go to therapy everybody yeah <laughs> please yeah. <laughs> all right uh we'll, we'll see you again uh next week <laughs>